All right, welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode 10, Common Ground. This review is meant to be spoiler-free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around. In this episode, the Batch is assigned another job almost immediately on their return to SIDS with Omega, to rescue a Separatist senator on Raxus. The Batch, especially Echo, grapples with the concept of helping a Separatist, but the intervention of the Empire helps them understand that things have changed, and the causes that once pitted Republic with Separatist are no more. Meanwhile, Omega is left behind at SIDS when Hunter deems the mission too dangerous. Omega grapples with the emotions of being excluded from the job, but ultimately finds another way to help the Batch, paying off their outstanding debt to Sid. Shall we get into plot contexts here? I would love to get into the plot. Um, Okay, as always, our A-plot is uh, the Batch surviving in this world that's been turned upside down. Uh, And in this episode, that happens to be doing another job and (laughs) reconciling some ideologies. Yeah, it's interesting that... um, Jumping into this episode is strange. It's going to be strange. It's going to continue to be well, weird. Well, just so much happened in, of, in the last two. Uh, yeah, off the last episodes. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of just back to like this business as usual. Yeah, they still have a debt to Sid. They yeah. like get back and they're like, okay, uh, we got to do a job, I guess. Yeah. And like, I, again, we were talking about this yesterday, but I think this episode serves a few purposes. Like overall, it is when you get into the kind of nitty-gritty details i i would say the closest we get to filler in this so far season yeah i think we'll see another there's another episode coming up that i think is yeah there's but yeah is yeah is peak filler as far as meaning it doesn't have a lot to do with like a lot of the main plots but we still get to see some interesting characters we yeah still get it's to like see it still serves a purpose some world more world building yeah so this one is a little tough but yeah the the premise is you know it still plays into our a plot of like the batch is trying to survive it's just that like now it's giving us a little bit more of a a take on their ideology as well yeah which honestly is is kind of a welcome uh switch from uh i mean they've been dealing with their ideology in that um like are we soldiers are we mercenaries that kind of thing yeah like their their views of themselves yeah their views of themselves and now they're kind of like being challenged their uh what is being challenged is their views of of the world itself yeah um yeah yeah so (laughs) this episode um so there's no b plot because crosshair is he's gone he entered so quick he left so quick he won't be back the last we saw of him was he was just angry that they got away and he's like full of soot in his uh coal as you stated it specifically (laughs) (laughs) as though he works as a chimney sweep (laughs) he's a chimney sweep um (laughs) i almost said he was in his car (laughs) he was in his 2010 um prius he would not drive a prius no he wouldn't he would drive in like an asshole car he'd drive like a uh like a i don't know like a bmw like a really nice one though i'd say tesla maybe 
<laughs> What's also great is that he wasn't driving in that scene. He was essentially in the passenger. He was just in the passenger seat, so being like angry, super dirty in the passenger Full seat. Of so angry. Was like yelling at his coworker. Can you imagine like chauffeuring this man? That'd be, be like, the worst. Um, do you want to go through Starbucks or do you want something? No, okay. Um, <laughs> do you want anything? I gotta pick up my. <laughs> I did a mobile order, but I can add to it. Do you want something? Um, he's like, no. <laughs> I want to catch those boys. Okay, well, they're gone. So would you like a Starbucks instead? Um, <laughs> anyway, so he's gone. Anyway, yeah. We, we see a lot of plot, uh, C-plot in this episode um, in that we get a yeah. really close look at an imperial senator. Well, uh, a separatist senator turned imperial, basically. Yeah. Like we've been talking about this entire time, which now feels like forever. And every time I listen back to one of our episodes, I'm like, oh, no, I've said the same thing 800 times, but it's OK. Um, but I we've said this before. It is cool to see different facets of like specific individuals in really specific circumstances, like as these like huge political regimes are like turning over into different things mm-hmm. uh this is n- another thing i never thought we would have gotten in this show when i first started watching it which is just like who would have thought that we would have gotten the perspective of like a previous separatist senator yeah and like their specific i don't know understanding of what's happening right yeah i think we've seen previous like republic senators yeah uh almost said republican senators <laughs> no none of those <laughs> no, here no, no, no. get them out um We've seen, uh, yeah, we've seen previous Republic senators, but it's interesting to see a separatist senator uh, here and in this position that we see him in. Uh, because, I mean, previously in the Clone Wars, it was all like Republic versus separatists. Yeah. Like it was, that was kind of the uh, the good versus evil on the, on the surface. Yeah. Um, Though we do get, I don't even know if we've talked about this in, recorded episodes but we do get some separatist yeah points of view obviously we do um in clone wars yeah which is really interesting uh but we we don't get to see it at the uh level that it's being shown here yeah oh should we jump right into the yeah, story we can, beats here we can jump into the story beats um All this right. is gonna be real fun there's yeah. a lot of action in this episode it's a fun episode uh i think it's fun to watch um it's a beautiful episode. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's visually so great. It is one that I I don't tend to rewatch all that much. Yeah. Um. Uh, honestly, until we got here, I had forgotten completely about well. this episode. Yeah. Same. Um. It it is it is useful in that it it illustrates like a lot of things that are happening in the background of this world uh, that we don't get to see uh, very close up often, but uh, nothing really does happen. <laughs> yeah, we kind of like it is a skosh anticlimactic yeah it, it feels like it's wrapping up a few things it's not yeah, quite it's, a, um, it's pretty self-contained i'll say also i do think it it is a useful thing to pivot almost to our next you know it's Precisely. like an in-between thing we can get the, into this the, later yeah but. but the last two episodes we've seen have been pretty heavy so this yeah. is kind of a nice break from that yeah um, yeah, anyway, so uh, one of the few episodes that doesn't start on the Marauder, uh, we start on Raxus, um, and we see the Empire addressing these subjects who, unlike a lot of other uh, places we've seen, like Pantora, um, they aren't very happy about it. No. Um, they're very like, mm, I don't know. And th- the senator um, begins to address the crowd uh in support of the empire and then stops halfway through and is just like i can't do this 
I'm this is an unjust occupation and kind of spurs the crowd into yeah. uh you know jeers and shouts of boo i don't think they're booing no but they are like but it, they're upset yeah no it, it's interesting to, it's interesting to see um like you said like totally different than what we saw in pantora where people were like cheering yeah like and we were joking about this in that episode but like <laughs> it's really funny that they're just like cheering for like a psa announcement but they're like really excited and also, I think that's, like, when we see the stormtroopers, like, doing a, a parade through the city or whatever. Yeah, it is. Where it's interesting to see that, like, you know, that night and day difference between what's happening on Raxus and we get to see that they do call it, like, an imperial occupation, right? Mm-hmm. And these two people do know. Like, it's kind of nice to see that there are a lot of different, like, understandings of this going on throughout the galaxy. And, like, not everyone is just, like, you know, a sheep, right? Like, there are people who understand that this is not beneficial to them it almost kind of makes sense that this separatist planet would be the place that people would be most unhappy about uh an occupation since they already were um they were trying to fight the republic yeah yeah they were like we won't we just don't want to be part of the republic um i think uh i mean right so i think pantora was part of the republic right because that's where senator chuchi is from yes um but yeah, no, the Republic turning into the Empire, they it essentially their government evolved into a different type of government yeah. versus the Separatists who were, they were uh, the whatever of independent planets. We've talked about Confederation this. of Confederation independent, of independent S- planets. Systems, um, I think. Planets or systems. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, but right, their whole thing is that they wanted to govern themselves separately, yeah. right? They, mm-hmm. they came together because they're like, well, we're all different. We don't want an overarching government. So I uh, like it's an easier, yeah, exactly, jump to see that like separatists who wanted to govern themselves wouldn't be cool with like essentially the Republic, now the Empire being the overarching government for everything and everyone. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a good, <laughs> it's a good call. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's really, really interesting to see. And like, I don't know, I like that... <laughs> I, I do really like that the senator obviously saying just like stops in the middle and like I I don't know it's nice to see that there is almost like thought going on with these characters and like there was, is an understanding of like the seriousness yeah. of this yeah um and not that we've seen like I, th- I think the separatists in Clone Wars were kind of painted as bad because the fact that um Count Dooku was their leader like yeah. in their government they didn't know he was a Sith Lord no they're just like I don't know he's but, a guy he's <laughs> just an old guy I guess I mean and who in our governments aren't just old it's wild guys. though because like they have to have known that like he was a Jedi at one point point yeah it's really funny but he just left me. and then chose a career in politics after that <laughs> like what the hell yeah um it's really funny to me that like those episodes we get with the separatists um which is is it heroes on both sides yes. right uh where we get to see like um oh my god the kid lux lux bonteri yeah, it's his, his aunt right i think it's his oh it might be his aunt i don't remember if it's his aunt or his mom and then like right um mandalore is also like goes in between yeah man and yeah because they're pacifists or yeah. at least um what's her face satinas satinas yeah um but like they seem so separate from the rest of like what we understand from the republic view as the separatists which is just like yeah droids and count dooku and general grievous like what's the what's their thought on general grievous i wonder i i wonder too because he's he's a cyborg technically he like is, he's yes. he is was an organic being at one point yeah now he's mostly also this is a super side note but i can't rem- i can't fathom like if you're a person on the separatist side just like a civilian in one of their planets and you're like we're in a war with the republic they're trying to like uh take us over with their form of governance that we don't want to be a part of and Mm -hmm. also we have an army of droids so we're just like 
manufacturing soldiers. Yeah, and they are like making people, cloning people, like human people. It is, I I feel like we have had a conversation about this before, where it's like. It's so funny seeing the Jedi and the Republic from the point of view that like the Star Wars movies are from, which is like they're so good. And then just starting to think about it and you're just like, I don't know about this, though. Yeah, actually, this seems they a little weird. Why would you clone organic beings instead of, yeah, just making robots where like it doesn't they're not yeah. really sentient. Well, and to be fair, no one had a, a meeting about that decision. It was kind yeah, of made it, for them again. And it was made by a bad man but also in the like, background so but also there's so many like conversations i think that like I'm, i don't know if it's in the first episode literally the first episode of clone wars ever uh ambush Yoda, where like uh or maybe it's just sort of sprinkled in through like the clone wars but like multiple people have conversations about like this is why we have clones because they can think for themselves and they're like make they can challenge decisions or whatever like they're a little more useful i guess um so, so like at the same time like guys. this wasn't a decision that like a council made and decided on that like this yeah. is a good idea but also they kind of like leaned really full into yeah, it yeah i was gonna say it's so funny that in episode two right they find out that like uh, the mysterious old jedi master sifo-dyas like uh commissioned this clone army mm-hmm. and instead of being like i don't think we should use organic beings as they don't even stop to have a conversation ever once they're just like huh that's weird and then they have to go fight a war and so they're like i guess we'll use these guys (laughs) yeah because i'm pretty sure that was a palpatine move yeah it totally was yeah he's like organizing uh, yeah which like again it's really funny though that like he's not like (laughs) ever at any point he's like yes i used organic beings because i'm a bitch and like i'm evil or whatever right like Like, he's just like, I don't know, I guess we'll do this. I'm just imagining what that Jedi Council meeting was like after, like, the first battle on Genesis, where they're like, okay, so we have an army, I guess. Does anyone remember who whose idea anybody, that was anybody here um does anyone remember master sifadius and they're like who they're like is he one of the 40 people who left or whatever and they're like we don't fucking know and then they're like anyway should we just use this army and they're, they're like, like yeah. yeah um they're already here i'm sorry that was so off topic but uh no but it's like a genuinely a great it's it's interesting to think about like the difference again like like you said yeah. earlier the differences between the republic and the set the separatists like far removed from like the concept of like the jedi and the sith which yeah. from our perspective in clone wars is all we really get yeah aside from those to couple be fair episodes. i think we get really really specific povs throughout like these you know series and movies and stuff mm-hmm. and like it obviously mostly paints the republic in a good light and i am glad that we're seeing you know even in clone wars we had episodes that um told the reverse right and yeah exactly. even in bad batch now we're getting a more complicated faceted view of like what actually is happening politically which is like again a cool move for like an all-ages tv show yeah again they're, they're fleshing out like way more in the world than like they maybe uh strictly needed to if they were just fully like this is just a show for uh kids which again we've talked about that like doesn't mean it shouldn't be complex but like this is kind of an uh, above and beyond yeah um uh, especially just the concept of like going from Clone Wars, which was sort of more of a children's show um, and did paint the Republic in a really positive light going to this where it's like, oh, maybe not all like separatist senators are like were bad. Yeah. And I do like that we get like the characters <laughs> playing in that space, right? Yeah. Like we get different ideas of like if this is a good thing or a bad thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, um, I think I started saying all of that to 
go sure. into this, which was uh, I, I love the way that we see uh, the Senator Avi Singh. Uh, yeah, like publicly in the middle of his announcement uh, supporting the empire being like, no, I'm not doing this. It's wrong. I was just thinking about being one of those people, in like the one of the spectators looking on. And then you see like you're this senator that you've known as your senator, presumably. And he also uh, seems to be like somewhat well liked. Yeah. Um, like you can see the audience hanging on his every word. Like when he stops in the middle of his uh, his uh, like pledge of loyalty to the separate or to the empire, they're like what's going on like they're listening to this guy yeah and i can't imagine seeing that happen and then your senator does like a 180 and is just like actually this is wrong and it's occupation like giving you these words of like Mm -hmm. uh uh incitement and like uh rebellion rebellion um and then getting dragged away by this occupying force and then all of a sudden you see these like tanks and soldiers come in and like i can't imagine the like absolute fear and shock you yeah, would feel yeah. uh, i think that was a really cool intro to this episode yeah um on their part yeah and i think it was a cool way to you know obviously um shake up the usual start on the marauder yeah exactly yeah. um yeah i don't know it does not that we necessarily needed the empire to be painted in like more horrific ways but i feel like again it's making it personal like we've been talking about this since our very first episode right is like painting these like horrific incidents in like the eyes of everyday people exactly uh and now we get to see that and it is nice to be able to have a focus on that even if it is like kind of a a departure from the last three episodes yeah um yeah so obviously um obviously has a, a droid that i really like i really like this droid uh but she radios somebody for help um, and then we get back to uh, the batch coming back into SIDS after presumably coming back after the, the last yeah. episode, getting uh, Omega back. Um, and SID almost immediately gives them this job of like, you need to you need to rescue a, uh, a separatist senator. I think she says separatist. she does say separatist senator, um, which again, like even in like the lexicons of everyday people, like it's still Republicans and and separatists separatist. like that's still a very common thing i mean it's not it doesn't seem very common to say imperial senator because they're kind of in the middle of switching all this yeah. over yeah it is also nice I, I like that we get to see a little bit more of ord mentel here while they're walking yeah. around um just as like a you know like a fun design thing um yeah they do definitely say separatist because i think when sid throws them like the data disc or whatever the, the fuck floppy it is. disc the little <laughs> floppy disc to hunter like obviously echo is like oh my god what and yeah yeah, that is what precedes all of the conversations that we have yeah yeah Um, so obviously they have issue with this being a separate senator specifically Um, echo does it doesn't well at first everyone like hunter 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 does throw it back right yes it throws it to him and it's just like this is your job and he's like a separatist like we're not rescuing a separatist he throws it back to her um obviously he we've seen this in the past with him but he doesn't he's not as attached to the prescribed morality of Republic versus separatist, uh, when it comes to, um, but this is a job that can keep his batch safe. Yeah. Uh, so he folds rather quickly. Yeah. He does. Um, and decides, okay, fine, we'll do it. Uh, Echo, on the other hand, as we'll see in the next scene, is not happy. He's not happy a majority of this episode, which is a fun... So grumpy. I mean, he's, like, not... He's he's grumpy most of the time, but, like, it's a little less pointed. 
he's so much more grumpy in this episode. He's super, super grumpy. Like in, I love in him the next so scene much. when they're on the Marauder. Oh, he's so angry. Uh, he says we get like four or five lines of him being like, I don't like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the animation in this part is so great. Like I have notes about this later, but he is legitimately like, you know, he's pouting. Yeah. He's pouting. And then like someone is talking and he looks away and he rolls his eyes. Like he's upset. He's, yeah. He's beyond upset. He's like, I don't agree with this morally at all. Like, and I'll go along with it. Like, because this is my job and like my people, like, I love that he still has a, um, a line essentially like he's not going to he's very loyal right well, the batch isn't like basically being like yeah fuck the republic we <laughs> like the senate separatists now like but they're just like listen okay this is a job that we yeah have to there's do. still like, like the pragmatism wings wings out <laughs> wins out uh-huh. um but yeah i love i love how pouty he is it's just an embodiment of like fine i'll do it but i'm gonna complain the but whole i'm gonna time. be a bitch about it the whole <laughs> time uh, what a mood that I do about everything all of the time. Um, uh, but yeah, no, we get like so many lines in this specific scene when they're in Marauder uh, going to Raxus. Like, yeah. I can't believe we're helping a separatist senator. Tech's just like, you've said this so many times. Yeah, I love the tech echo. We're like, they're both very like gonna say what they want to say. And yeah. tech is just like very blunt. And I like that echo is like very like he's like trying to be very like upright and moral, but he's so upset about the situation. <laughs> like, I love their dynamic a lot in this. Yeah. I think Hunter's the one that's like the client being a separate is irrelevant. It's just a job. And Echo's just like, it's not, not irrelevant to me. To me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it's such a good characterization of him because he was a reg. And like, yeah. that was absolutely just like pounded into their brains that like, that's the enemy. Yeah. Uh, and also like uh, uh, we talked about this at some point like it's it's sweet and it's also like interesting to see echo be the one that always he's kind of the one that's still hanging on to the way that things were and like again he has reason to he has people that he lost right that like maybe he's still hanging on to like the thought of that or what used to be and like you know i i guess he really liked being in the republic military i mean i mean i guess it's not so much that like oh he liked it but like he it's what for a long time like he was meant to do it's why he was like grown in a test tube it's what he's supposed to be doing i guess there's also the added bonus of that like he did have and interact with people that he enjoyed like also that yeah rex right yeah um like it wasn't a bad situation it wasn't like with the rest of the batch where they were like bullied by the regs right like he has fond memories of these things and also like things are moving kind of quick you know away from that and i think it's probably hard to let go of it yeah in a way like uh, siding with a separatist or helping a separatist is kind of a um like a huge middle finger to like all of his brothers who who died at some point exactly um Um, but yeah i like to i (laughs) I really like that we're seeing more of Echo again, kind of in smaller ways. Yeah, I say smaller as though he's like not being like so loud about it. He is, but like it's well, not I a ton of dialogue. It's I guess. not a ton of dialogue. Um, it is probably the most heavy-handed we've yeah. seen being like uh, a, a character being upset about something. Um, and I do really love that it's coming off the heels of the last episode too, which um, we got this little bit of conversation between him and Hunter about. Um, you know we're soldiers like what other path is there like echo saying that and hunter being like i'm not sure like well i think there might be something different that we can do um but yeah we we've kind of uh had that um not that he was you know challenging hunter or anything but we have this little like a these two are different and echo is different from the yeah. batch for this reason i do really like to um how i mean obviously we've talked about this how 
a, a lot of times disagreements previously have been for the purpose of like driving a wedge between people, right? Like with Crosshair and Hunter specifically or Crosshair and the rest of the batch. Um, I like that this is a difference, but it's not so much that it is separating people. It's yeah. just it's just that people have differences of ideology exactly. and that these characters are different. Yeah, like exactly. I do really like that it is creating, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just characterizing them. That's just what I'm describing, but... <laughs> No, but it's true because, um, like, Tech and Wrecker are, um, I mean, they don't have huge opinions about this. Yeah. I mean, we get to see that this episode, uh, like, they're just, they'll do whatever Hunter says. The other person we, we have that's shared a, a differing opinion is Crosshair, and, and obviously he's not a part of the match that's anymore. turned out right? the way that it has. Um, so, you know, it is interesting to see. It's not totally just, like, the batch and everyone else. Like, within the batch, we do have these unique personalities um and echo really does serve a really really good purpose in that yeah um yeah i i mean we're talking about this during the episode i do like it's interesting to see tech and wrecker again take kind of a a super backseat in this one but like it it does also serve a purpose like obviously they're a little bit more okay with like going along with just like what hunter agrees with yeah uh this next scene when they're like they meet the uh gs8 the um beautiful droid i love her she's great she's Um, great i really like (laughs) this is a random note but Uh like we've seen that model of droid before like in clone wars and then also there's one in rebels who's really fun um i don't remember what ap5 i think Mm -hmm. um i like that they made the model a little bit more detailed and they Mm -hmm. gave her like a little um antennae yeah. this is so fun it's so cute <laughs> um yeah they, they meet the droids and they're like going into um you know she's leading them into uh raxus i don't remember the city name but um i don't it's Rax, raxulon i think or something yeah um but like yeah it, like again in this next scene like echo continues to be really upset yeah. and like you made this observation where you're like i like how tech just doesn't care like he's doing what he's doing he likes it he like he trusts hunter enough yeah. that like okay i know you're not leading us into a trap i trust you um but like echo like accuses this droid of leading them into a trap yeah um and he he like pushes her up against a wall yeah. Like yeah. he's upset um i love that like we we got to see the inciting incident of this droid and we under we know that the separatist senator is not uh lying like no. he is genuine we got to see him get pulled away we got to see this conversation in the beginning of this episode between him and this droid where he's like i have to do what's right with my people yeah um so we we know as the audience that this is not a trap so it feels really out of place for echo to being like this is a trap it's not like things have been sketchy and he's the only one that's like concerned and he turns out to be right like he is completely being painted as like you're a little intense right now. Yeah, I need you yeah, to... Yeah. Br- He's like, being a little irrational about it. Yeah. But it's like... I, I Not in a bad way. This is a no, great characterization. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and it totally makes sense. Like, I don't think we're we're supposed to feel like, oh, Echo, you're being too much right now. It's like, this makes sense for you. Like, it is consistent with what we've seen of him, right? Uh, it if, is. If almost like a skosh, not necessarily out of character, but like a new side of his character that he maybe is a little bit more reserved usually. Yeah, I was going to say he... Um, previously i mean he's had emotions he's been upset but we've never seen him be like aggressive like this yeah yeah um to the point where yeah i love that i mean i don't love that he pushes this droid but it's really wild that he goes so far as to like push the physically droid, interact and, and then yeah. like i also really wild to me is that he gets wrecker in in it like on this yeah. part only, only yeah every other time wrecker is so chill um but I, he just kind of doesn't care yeah he just kind of goes along with like the moods of like whatever but i guess he also is like oh yeah droids like we fought them and so he like calls you know yeah whatever the droid of name i guess i don't remember <laughs> what it is um but it's interesting that echo is kind of like 
not in necessarily like a bad way but there are like like wrecker is able to like get kind of roped into like his yeah. sort of like intensity in those yeah. moments no it's it's really interesting I, I like that part a lot um I, I love that too yeah it's not painted as like a oh echo was right all along it's truly like you're being a little intense right now yeah <laughs> uh um, yeah but it's i don't know it's fun to see him so intense i guess because oh, i no. feel like he's usually so yeah. i mean for understandable reasons he's very reserved and yeah. like just like energy levels are like down i mean the previous time the previous scene we've had him be like expressing verbal to his team verbally to his team i don't like this that you know i this is not good uh then we see it kind of like escalating a little bit um which like i think obviously adds a little more stakes because like we obviously know that the senator is not lying yeah this isn't a trap but like you know is this going to become a problem is echo going to be like like cause an issue yeah is it gonna be like with crosshair where like it it came to a head and like they the hunter and crosshair almost started like fighting essentially yeah like Um, when originally they're on onderon right is what i'm thinking of yeah no it's it's super interesting that we get to see the side of echo um another uh this is all kind of like everything kind of bleeds into another we don't get a lot of uh like standalone thing like plot points that are happening yeah. so they're just kind of going into they're, the they're, city. Infiltrating they're infiltrating the city they're trying to like get the senator and like yeah. get out and it's just kind of a shit show um, so but another really fun uh point in this or by fun i mean it's just it's a yeah, good point yeah. it's a good uh moment but when um like tech and hunter uh are hiding behind a corner and uh hunter gives orders to tech and omega <laughs> and uh tech is like hey bud omega's not here right now <laughs> i love how he says it he's like that would be impossible because omega isn't on this mission yeah and hunter's like mm, oh yeah <laughs> i i love that we're getting this like side of uh hunter that um i mean it's not a side that we haven't seen before but we can see him growing very attached to her um yeah. and like specifically to her being a part of the a, the team constantly like going out on missions doing things and so like even though they've only like been her guardians for a little while uh she's really integrated herself here yeah and i like um i don't know there's a there's a lot about omega in this episode even though we don't get a ton of it that feels i don't know it feels like a nice sort of like bookend to the things that we've been seeing especially the last episode so like jumping forward to sid's bar which like we've been going back and forth from a lot in this episode or a couple times um Omega goes from being very obviously dejected that like the batch has left her behind, even though she feels like she's very much part of it. Um, and you know, Sid is doing Sid, which I guess Sid is not very per se emotionally capable at this point in time. Um, but yeah, so Omega ends up uh, apparently being very good at Dejeric, the holographic chess game. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like chess meets Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like another fantasy chess. Yeah. Uh, this one for this yeah. IP. Um, but yeah, I love that she specifically is so outright like, I'm good at strategy. Yeah, it doesn't like, even take her a minute. She's just like, no, 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 this is what you need to do. And so it's just like, how do you know that? And she's like, it's strategy. Yeah. No, um, I, I love that she doesn't even i don't know she just butts in on sid's game yeah. too like i i, I mean to be fair she's incredibly bored she's been yeah. scrubbing this bar probably for a while i don't so. think it can get clean either just like no. looking at it which yeah. i think is hysterical but like yeah i like this side of omega we're seeing and we can talk about this later too when we talk about characters but like 
it feels kind of like she's grown up a little bit and that she like has this sort of like bravado interestingly about her she's still herself and she's still very sweet and like a kid but like i like that we get to see her being more independent and like self-assured you see a lot of the batch in her especially when she's like uh, when sid's like okay how about we do this for money like can you do this for money and she's just like i'll split it with you 30 60 uh and omega's like i want 60 like yeah like i like that she's like now knows how to like uh, like hard bargain right like i i don't know it's almost like um her previous experiences right have like kind of amounted to something and now she has a confidence about her yeah um i do also like that like i mean and again we can get into this at the end of the episode but like she still is like has value in these situations like her being left behind like it was upsetting to her obviously but like she can make you know what am i trying to say like she has value in any situation like mm-hmm. she independently can also like do yeah, things she, she's not content to sit and just wait for them uh to come back she's she'll get into yeah what she can again i think this all just kind of wraps up to like she has some a, a newfound confidence almost mm-hmm. um and anyway we get back to Raxus. um yeah the, the bottom half of this episode is quite action heavy it's a lot of fun yeah it's, um uh, when it comes to story beats, though, it's not exactly um, <laughs> notable, <Yeah. laughs> noteworthy, I, I should say. I think it's really fun to see the batch in action again. I yeah. feel like it's it's been a little while since we've seen that. Like in um, true actual, I would say like battle true fashion. True fluid battle. Um, I mean, of- when they're infiltrating this like guy's palace or whatever, uh, they are truly a very efficient team. Yeah. Um, we get to see them land a lot of hits they don't get a lot they don't have a lot of losses here um it's it's fun to watch them work really well yeah it's interesting that uh, i feel like this episode kind of harkens back more to like their clone wars days yeah, than like exactly. previous episodes right because i feel like even when they're on Braca, right like there's battle and stuff but it's a lot more like they're being pursued they're being pursued the battle is very emotionally uh taxing it's not like it's not also it's not open battle yeah exactly and i feel like yeah this is a lot more this felt like a clone wars episode yeah it did in whatever way that kind of i don't know good and bad right like (laughs) the back half of this episode or i guess this part when they're kind of they have the senator and they're trying to leave Mm -hmm. um is not per se like my favorite part it just it's a lot of tank battles but um yeah it's still fun it's still fun to see them right like i think it's kind of an assurance to us the audience that they still do operate really well as a team yeah uh they're getting kind of a chance to do what they used to really yeah uh, do a good job doing and i think the important part here obviously is that they get themselves into sort of a sticky situation and like the person who's able to pull them out of it is in fact the senator right yeah like that's a, a whole yeah there's like one last moment where echo is concerned that he's gonna lead them into a trap because he's like oh pulled into that they commandeered the uh walker at this point and he's like oh go into that alley and echo's like that's a dead end like is this a trap again i love that he's like so over the top like trying to catch him double crossing them <laughs> that he's like i know what you're doing and he's like no just trust little, me he's a little like a uh, paranoid yeah he is um but no it, it, obviously it all ends up um going well and the senator senator has this like weird escape catacomb <laughs> yeah i like that he's like oh yes there's a creepy like old french catacomb down there <laughs> sans this all the skulls and the bones yeah um but yeah no see who he does pull through and obviously he's like not lying um and they they make it back to the marauder uh and this is when echo finally i think realizes that like yeah these there are lines being drawn elsewhere and it is not between 
us and and separatists yeah it's like that doesn't exist anymore yeah um we are all just kind of like people under the empire i I do really like the senator character uh i hope we get more of him at some point interestingly Um, i kind of was thinking the same thing and i realized i'm like yeah he's kind of just only in this episode as we've seen well yeah this is his his uh debut (laughs) (laughs) saying it is a debut is a really wild way to put like just this guy who has a lot of peepaw energy that truly like from the first when he's talking to uh gs8 and he's just like i don't know if i can do this i'm just like you're you seem like a really like you seem like you're a dad like i don't know he's just got that energy he has that energy like i don't like a chill sweet dad because he's got a floating monocle and it's because he got a floating monocle and he's got um like a weird mustache mutton chops situation (laughs) i have a weird mustache mutton chop situation (laughs) um um but yeah so uh the senator um really sweetly expresses like he's like what am i doing like i can't leave my people like this is insane yeah um he, he gets kind of uh second thoughts um and Echo is basically like, it, it's better to live another day to fight for your people than die here, um, which is uh, really sweet on his part. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's, he's kind of like realizing that, okay, this guy's genuine and he really does want to help his people. And the way that he's helping his people is uh, to live another day. And he's going to uh, double down on that and help this guy out. Yeah. I also would just like, I, I do think... I don't know. I love the line here. I love how it's delivered so genuinely. Yeah. And I think that's obviously, I mean, specifically is kind of like the tipping point for Echo being like, oh, okay, you do, you are just a person. You're a good person. Like you do care about your people, um, regardless of the title you once had. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, it's composed really well here. Again, they don't do too much with it's not like an entire monologue, you know, it really could be an entire monologue and it's not, um, what is that show that we the vampire show um black almost said black sabbath that's not it nope um midnight mass midnight mass i don't know why i want to say castle rock that's a different show um i love i love black mass uh midnight mass (laughs) i think because we called it black mass when we were watching it on accident and midnight mass i don't know why mass and sabbath are like connected in my brain i mean you know tangentially related uh yeah um but like 90% of that show is monologues. I was like, I feel like they astounded by how many monologues were in <laughs> it's that like show. Every time someone launches into like a heartfelt like sentence, then, then it's just like, Oh, this is a heartfelt monologue. Oh God, it's been 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like it was quaint when we started watching it because it was like, Oh, this show is interested about vampires and religion. It's about, you know, like, Oh, yeah, it's the like, people. And, yeah. Like yeah. they have like honest, interesting opinions about stuff, but you get like 10 episodes into that show and you're like, Oh my <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> So all that to say, I'm happy that yeah. doesn't happen here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, we've said this from the beginning, but this show does literally so much with so little. Um, and so... Uh, it's and, like two lines. And one often from in, Echo and one from the Yeah, senator. and often in unspoken things. I mean, Echo being the one to come forward and be like, you can help them by staying alive. Mm-hmm. Like, he's it's, it's him coming to terms with like, yeah. okay, I'm understanding here. We close our episode out uh, at Sid's yes. again. Uh, they get back. There's a huge crowd in Sid's, which is very unlike I Sid's. S- it's so funny that like when they walk up, there's uh, someone who uh, really, really aggressively stops their motorcycle and jumps <laughs> off and leaves it in the middle of the street and then runs in. Yeah, like it's really funny. I don't know. It just it's just fun seeing Sid's like very full and like I guess vivacious. <laughs> yeah. But again, we just talked about this, but like. <laughs> 
No one's drinking. No one's. I mean, like, yeah. okay, first of all, this is a, like an all audience. Yeah, show. but they, they can, can't. They definitely have could have cups. That's true. That's true. They ha- I mean, they drank a lot in, in Clone Wars. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Um, oh, but it was like purple or whatever. <laughs> it's not alcohol. It's purple. Um, <laughs> it's Gatorade or Kool Aid. Kool Aid. They got it at church. <laughs> What's that other uh, propel? <laughs> drinking propel. Um. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. No one's drinking in Sid's bar. Oh, they just came. For yeah, they free. literally just came to see uh, and put place bets on like this Dajaric game that Omega is playing, and like no one's drinking. And when she tells them all to leave, they don't like order <laughs> stay and order drinks to like hang out. Sid isn't good at business. No, she's not. To be fair, she's got some side hustles that she's mostly she's got working a, on. A big side hustle. Yeah, I guess yeah. her bar is kind of a cover, but uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun and surprising to us, the viewer, yeah. as well to the batch, like what's going on here because it's yeah. so night and day different from like every other time we've seen Sid's bar. And yeah, I love that they just they don't even like when they see Omega, they're not like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. And like they're like, "Stop, please." Um, they just watch her obliterate this <laughs> Pantoran guy. Um, Truly, um, but yeah, uh, Sid basically is like, "All right, we're done here." Uh, and then. Um, Hunter is quite upset. Yeah. Uh, specifically in Omega. Like, he doesn't even, like, get mad at Sid, really. Which uh, is hysterical, because she's the fucking adult she's in this the situation. One, yeah, exactly. Uh, she's the one who was, like, supposed to be keeping a low profile with Omega. I mean, Omega's a child. She can only get into so much without, you know, but no, Sid is obviously the one that got her into this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he kind of scolds her a little bit. And then... Um, I like that when they all... The rest of the batch kind of leaves, yeah, right? They so go that, to the bar to, like, sit down. Not drink at the bar. Um, Wrecker, like, bumps. He, like, shoulder checks Hunter really yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like, you're being rude. You're being mean to Omega. Um, but, yeah, and then he sort of... Uh, he feels bad and apologizes you know in in that he's like all right i'll I'll, okay like he does like a dad thing here where he's he doesn't come out and say listen i'm sorry that i came on a little strong he's like okay like i'll uh i'll bet you uh one other game of dejaric yeah i like that he's like wow you were really able to pay off our debt and she's like yeah and he's like okay let's see the strategy skills like put to the test yeah right she's like all right if you beat me then you don't have to sit on missions anymore and she's like okay uh yeah no but she does uh has paid off uh their debt it's just i i will say this episode is doesn't always stick in my mind is sometimes a little bit weird i do fucking love that this is the resolution to that problem yeah that like i don't know it could have just been like i don't know you did one more job and you paid it off hooray you know i like that it's a little unexpected and honestly i think coming off of the heels of like the three or four episodes that we get uh, of them questioning their role in this like are we really just working for this person are we really just soldiers and then um obviously this episode they have kind of have come to a new understanding at least echo has of the lines being drawn between it is us versus the empire it's no longer the republic and the senate the separatists uh they they are also now free of the obligation to work for Sid. Yeah. Um, so they have, they've been given back their choice in that. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. Especially if we look back on whatever episode it was, seven, maybe no, eight, eight, I think, um, where Echo and Hunter have that conversation about not going with Rex. Right. And mm-hmm. Hunter's whole thing is like, look, we have a debt to Sid and it's not going to go away. Yeah. And like, that's kind of the reason, you know, amongst, um, also among him being like, our paths are different yeah. now. But I like that it is, yeah, it's nice to see now that they have, they don't have an obligation 
with mm-hmm. Sid. I mean, they they still end up working for her. But it is out of their free choice. And I feel like they uh, it's important that they have that choice yeah. here because I feel like they have kind of cemented themselves in in their ideology yeah, and yeah. who they are a little more. It's it's taken like almost not necessarily a final turn in their ideology, but I feel like this was like a really important, like uh, one of the last like steps to them for them to get exactly. to kind of who they are. Exactly. Um, which I believe, yeah, we'll see in the next few episodes. They, yeah. That becomes strengthened so much more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I love, uh, we can just jump into characters right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, Go uh, for it. I mean, we're, I have, we were going that way anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. So no, just piggybacking off of what happens at the very end of this episode. But I, I love that uh, Hunter, he gets mad at her. Um, and I like that we see him being a little prickly towards her uh, at the end there because she's basically put herself in some more danger. And like the last two episodes have been her being in almost nothing but danger. Yeah. And especially the last episode. Um, I mean, there was a huge like, oh, my God she's been taken from us we have to protect her like he he's kind of doing that like classic man thing of mm-hmm. like you made me scared that i was gonna lose you so i'm like gonna be angry my at fear you? about that is manifesting in uh a little bit of prickliness a little bit of anger i mean obviously he's not mean to her no um but we i like that we see him kind of i mean we've been seeing him taking several steps forward in like his journey of <laughs> of being a parent basically yeah um we see him kind of take a little bit of a step back and kind of learn from that very quickly that like oh okay i'm i'm being a little prickly for a for like a valid reason but this is not her fault yeah um which i, I think yeah sorry interestingly i was gonna say i feel like that kind of harkens back to episode two yes. right where he you know kind of makes a parenting mistake and then like immediately pays for it and with omega and it's so good because uh this is sort of like the uh, like eight was the mid middle of the season, right? So like this yeah. is kind of like the episode like two. This or three. is essentially the the two of the second half. Yeah, essentially. So we like have this like, uh, we have this like cyclical kind of nature happening, which yeah. is like so. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was planned or not, but it's so good. Yeah, especially if you view especially episodes eight and nine, but seven, eight, and nine as like kind of something akin to the massive pilot episode exactly. one, right? Where it's like a huge, massive thing with these huge stakes. And now mm. we get sort of a quieter yeah. um, cementing our relationships and other things about our characters episode. Yeah. So I just wanted to draw special attention to that because it's... Yeah, I I do love that we we get to see that he's not immune to doing that stupid man thing of yeah. like I'm 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 a scared but it's manifesting in anger. Uh because he is he does do that. Um and he's learning. I mean, obviously the the Caminoans did not teach them about emotional yeah, yeah <laughs> intelligence yeah, yeah. and intimacy. <laughs> so why would he know that? But yeah. he's I mean, classically he he's always been this way, but he's he learns really fast and he has no shame about like I made a mistake and I'm yeah. going to fix it right exactly. now. Exactly. And I think that's like what we've talked about previously in like it, it's nice to see that Hunter's arc is a little bit different than like a typical man becoming a dad arc. Yeah. And I think that's like very specifically what I've been trying to refer to where it's like it's not that thing though where right oh I'm I care about you and I love you his character arc isn't falling into these typical like man roles of like I'm gonna I'm gonna be angry but it's because I care about you and you the person just kind of have to deal with that yeah um it is him doing stupid shit like that but like actually having repercussions and learning very quickly because like to my knowledge he doesn't do that again no because why would you? Because, because he's everyone is pissed at him when he did that. Well, and I, yeah, I like how Wrecker is the one too who's just like right? that was shitty of you. Um, but he he kind of does it in like a 
he doesn't call him out for no, it he like verbally I mean, that's like kind of his boss older brother True. so like i mean you know he does it in a record way he like yeah <laughs> it sounded like i just said record <laughs> in a record way <laughs> um right like i like that he bumps him and like they have an understanding of what that means yeah. i i, I like, and immediately hunter's like okay i fucked up yeah a little bit. i like that that he gets backlash from members of the batch from omega and i think maybe from sid i don't remember what sid's reaction well, is well sid's the one who's like uh you shouldn't be angry with her she just paid off your debt yeah um so like yeah. from everyone and <laughs> i also <laughs> sorry this is random. Yeah. i love that she calls him bandana yeah she's moved from dark and pretty to, to bandana. bandana dark and pretty was too many syllables yeah. um yeah, I don't know. We get weirdly some good in like the last five minutes. We get <laughs> interesting hunter characterization. I just the people who write this show, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, and is it and Brad and Brad uh, Jennifer Corbett and, and Brad, Brad Rao. Rao. Um, they we I, call them on their first name. <laughs> we're on like a first we name know basis. Them. No, uh, <laughs> it's just because every time the episode ends, I yell that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but the, like it just shows that they have such this mastery of these characters, and like they're very, very good at their jobs. Yeah, <laughs> like, like what the fuck? <laughs> incredibly good. Um. Yeah, and I mean, okay, so we've talked about Echo a lot. I I guess I don't have more to say. I do really love that we get to see more Echo in this episode. I've talked a lot about how he's um not i don't have a fave but i love him so much (laughs) um it's nice to see more of him it's nice to Mm -hmm. you know and as we talk about with animation and all of these things like being able to read between the lines a little bit of uh their characters um it's fun to see him get a little spicy about this Well, just like truly it wouldn't make because of his history it wouldn't make any sense for him to be like nonchalant or chill about this yeah i'm trying on a chill the chill hat today (laughs) also like he's never been chill a day in his life fully no i mean he was the rules boy (laughs) that's like why he got his name (laughs) truly um so yeah sweating i just this comes from people who just uh have a huge understanding of these characters and yeah. like yeah of course uh he wouldn't be chill about this no. and uh, again it's nice to see like strong outright characterization of these characters i mean like and also get to see them have opinions on things but again opinions that aren't like a huge divisive mm-hmm. thing between other members of the batch it is just like i'm a person i have my opinions i can have those opinions and everyone's like cool we get it mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's nice to see a change too. yeah it, it's a further like um differentiation too between like the the whole batch of like crosshair right yeah like the whole series started with this disagreement between him and uh with between crosshair and hunter uh but it wasn't the fact that he was disagreeing with hunter it was the what he was disagreeing on, on and yeah. the way he was doing it which was totally like a uh you're not fit to lead anymore it's it's my turn yeah um something born out of jealousy rather and anger. than uh, rather than echoes like fully working on like his sense of justice here like he's like this is unjust I, i've been told my whole life this is these are the enemy uh and this and, and why they're the enemy and you know i mean they've he's seen them cut down his brothers and it makes complete sense but because he's working off of this concept of justice rather than jealousy and envy uh those are the same thing <laughs> I mean, you know, flavors. <laughs> I meant to say jealousy and uh, what did I say earlier? Like this want for power. Like mm. that is so far from Echo's character. He does not want that. No. He is fully working off this concept of morality and justice, um, which is why he so easily can turn in the end and be like, oh, I see that you are yeah. an upstanding person and I uh, I want to honor that with you because, yeah, we're, we're all that. I, yeah. see, I see that you're good. He's a reasonable person. Of course. Yeah. 
Okay, Omega, do you have anything to say about Omega? I think I've said most of my stuff. I think a lot of the times in episodes like this where uh, one part of the team is off doing something yeah, and the other like one separated. is, is uh, left, a lot of the times it can be relegated to comedy or yeah. just not even touched. Like, it's not important. They just kind of like, whatever. Um, and I love, again, no moment wasted. It, they, they didn't just do that, um, <clears throat> even though her part in this was in this episode like she's not in that many scenes of it um but she she serves like a huge purpose and like we do see her doing that out of her own strength right yeah exactly she's not um she's not really learning anything from Sid she's kind of just um doing uh, what she does really well and it happens to um get the batch out of this debt yeah I I I mean like I said I like that we get to see almost like what happened in the last couple of episodes come to fruition in like omega and i I don't know she seems weirdly older to me now like she is so assured now because i don't know she had to get herself out of like insane danger and did successfully pretty much without the batch yeah exactly Um, like we said last episode she doesn't i mean the only reason that they quote unquote save her is because the the flight pod that she was in was malfunctioning. Yeah, like she, the only she would reason. have gotten herself out of that situation yeah. if not for that happening. Um, so it's nice to see her essentially have that and use that and be able to be like, yeah, I know how I can help in any situation. And that wasn't a one off either. Like no. she continues to be this like I, I can I I can do things and yeah. I don't need supervision constantly. Yeah, and you know I I I like to think that she is thinking of this as a way to be you know a part of the batch them leaving her behind is not like her not being part of the batch it's like an opportunity for her to find another way to help and she doesn't necessarily need them there to do that exactly exactly. um but yeah i like too in what you said she is kind of the auxiliary like storyline in this episode Mm -hmm. but i like that it's essentially a flip from the previous episode right yeah because in the last episode the batch was the auxiliary storyline right like they occasionally see them learning information yeah um, so I like that we kind of get a flip and it's, and it's back to the batch, but it's a little bit different than we'd seen them before that, like those three episodes that were very tense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I have Sid written down here just because I think she's an interesting, um, like, I don't know if buffer is the right word, but just like, she's a presence that we don't often see interacting with Omega in the way that she is. Um, I was thinking about this cause like, she's kind of rude to her. She's kind of mean. She's yeah. kind of like. I think in her own way, she's kind of trying to challenge her uh, a little bit, um, but she's doing it in a very poor manner. Again, she, I like that. Um, I was thinking about the fact that she does that. And I was like, oh, I, I wonder why they didn't have her be kind of like a, a maternal. Yeah, like motherly. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, it's because Omega has the like paternal and maternal figures in her yeah. life already. She doesn't need that. Um, what she uh, has is like a chance to kind of stand up for herself mm-hmm. and um not that Sid is really being like cru- she's not being cruel to no. her but like it's a different presence than sh- than we have when the batch is there um and I appreciate that that is what they decided Sid's role was going to be yeah I do like that instead of relegating any of the female characters we've seen so far to like a typical motherly position assuming that the batch is like oh it's a bunch of boys like she needs a a woman in her life right like we get um, the boys who have uh you know a plethora of different sort of emotional facets to them and then we have you know i think we talked about this with fennec right we're like not that omega is like looking up to fennec but even in regards to the last episode she kind of has in a way a, a a role model to look up to and then we also have sid who like now is 
in a way kind of Omega and her are endeared to each other mm-hmm. because of this, right? And I like that but I like that Sid isn't just super motherly sweet yeah. to her. Like she continues to be her sort of badass self and like I, I don't know, it's nice to have like women characters that are uh bucking the system, right? Yeah, they're not relegated to that nurturing Yeah, which is like yeah. fine, but it's just, you know, it, well, it's, it's just the problem is that we it's like a trope it's now, typical, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> like no matter where we see it, that's where also, they it's not, you tend know, to fit in. Per se uh, uh correct to assume that that is the role every woman will Exactly. Take, right? Exactly. Um Oh, I do like too that like Sid is I mean Sid is obviously not uh, cruel to Omega. She's not going to double cross her. She's just a little prickly and um I, I do think that it serves the purpose of uh she kind of warms up to Omega and starts call, like being kinder to her when yeah. she starts winning her money, yeah. right? So it's interesting to see this relationship that Omega has with Sid that is completely conditional. Yeah. Uh on like the treatment of her is conditional that she is helping Sid versus the batch, which is like unconditional no matter what she does, the yeah. batch will be there for her, they're her family. Um that's sort of another foil in relationships. Yeah. I do also think it's nice to see Sid's relationships with them kind of evolving. Like it it feels like previously we've seen her kind of look down on Omega, obviously because she's like small and a child and like she, you know, needs people to go do jobs and she's kind of a, Omega is a liability Mm -hmm. in that way, right? But I like that she's, Sid is also now seeing Omega as like a valuable sort of member. And like, obviously, you know, their relationships, as you said, are kind of conditional, but like, it's fun to see them all kind of like grow together in a way. Because like, I do think we get to a point where, their relationships aren't necessarily unconditional, but there is a weird sort of understanding of like caring about each other. Yeah. Which um, I, I like, I don't know. I like that Sid's got, I mean, we said this at some point, she's got like Mima energy, but in like a cool badass crime way. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. True. Uh, I do appreciate too that like she, she was a Jedi contact, right? Which means that she's not a terrible yeah. person. So, but we still see her being pretty like, only interested in like the payment yeah on the surface but like a- she really is like uh kind of um doing good things like she's helping this separatist who cares about his people escape yeah she's trying to get this i mean we the rancor obviously like she doesn't tell them it's a rancor but like she kind of acts like it's a child and in a way that it, it kind of is like i yeah. think to jabba um but like she's doing these she never sends them on a job to go murder people like yeah or like (laughs) detain an innocent exactly yeah she is actually like (laughs) it's almost like she's like i want to do good things but i want to do dirty business so like can you do dirty (laughs) business but it's not bad stuff i swear yeah um Um, yeah i like that we get the sort of like she loves the game (laughs) (laughs) she does it for the love of the game uh no i love that she's a very layered person she's um she's not very black and white like which is a great foil to the batch who are very black and white people they're very just like yeah and like we're here to do good things episode too like they can be black and white and maybe not the most the greatest way sometimes (laughs) sometimes that can be a hindrance to them a little bit yeah uh yeah um shall we jump to oh i had sorry i have one more thought and i didn't know where to fit this in uh because i forgot to say it uh, in the beginning of the episode where this scene happens. But when they're walking back into Ord Mantel uh, to Sid's and uh, Wrecker's got Omega on his shoulder, they're mm-hmm. walking in their big family, oh, very yeah, yeah, cute. Yeah. I know what you're going to talk about. Um, no, I, I just love this scene that like we get kind of this like bi- like bigger scene of like them being a unit and mm-hmm. more of in a family way. Um, but also I love that we kind of get to see the way that like her relationship with like each 
individual batch member has grown i mean obviously she's always been very like buddy buddy with wrecker who's mm-hmm. like more, more childlike member fun of this loving, group fun having big fun man. loving fun yeah. having yeah um and obviously they're eating their mantel mix um but uh and you know hunter's hunter's the father of the group <laughs> it's just leading them <laughs> yeah he's just the dad um and then obviously like echo's also been nurturing in his way um but i like that uh when um i think it's she jumps off she jumps shoulder. off record shoulder someone helps her and then uh tech is there like to make sure she doesn't fall over but i don't know that's such a small thing but previously we have not other than uh the previous episode i think or the one before that uh we haven't uh seen her interact with tech very much yeah. um and i don't know it, it makes sense to me that it would have taken a little bit for him to warm up to anybody um he's not a super um, emotional person uh and i i don't know he, he seems very like this is my routine this is what i do and like okay there's a new person here um, I, I do appreciate that it took them a little while to warm up to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like this, like, it's very small, but we get to see, uh, a, a little more of a nurturing in him. Yeah. Um, stopping her before she like falls over. Yeah. Um, th- he's also the one that when they're walking in, um, and she's like, when are we going to do our next job? And he's the one that turns around and says, there are two bounty hunters after you. Like it might be wise to lay low. That feels like it, it usually is a hunter line. Mm, yeah. um, but he says it this time, yeah. um, which I like. Yeah. I would like to think that like it was, it was two episodes ago. Cause I think mm-hmm. it was reunion. It was the beginning of yes. reunion, right? Yes. Um, where they're hanging out. Like, I'd like to think that's kind of like a cute, like a little tipping point for their relationship, exactly. right? Where like, oh, he's like comfortable hanging out with her one-on-one now too. Cause like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not comfortable hanging out with kids, you know? So I feel like, <laughs> yeah. like you get like, right. Like not everyone is. So I feel like, you know, maybe he takes a little bit of like, it, it takes him some time to warm up to the idea of hanging out with her. Oh, for sure. And like, yeah. I like that he's, you know, teaching her and stuff. And then now he kind of like, we're seeing like a, f- a physical affection as well. Yeah. Which I don't know. It's just nice to see. Um, and obviously, I don't know. I like that. Um, also how she is with Wrecker in like two different parts of this. Right. Yes. So like, <laughs> I feel like they are really buddy, buddy and they're really, um, they act almost like, you know, like siblings, like in the beginning of they this. They seem like really uh, like close together siblings too. Yeah. Like Tech yeah. feels so much older brother to me. Yeah. Uh, I like that Wrecker and Omega, right? They're like sharing their mantel mix and it's very like goofy and she's dropping mm-hmm. it in his mouth. Like they feel very like equal in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I like when she comes, when they come back at the end, uh, Wrecker picks her up and puts him puts her on his <laughs> hip like carries her like a child I don't know why i thought you're talking about how he picks tech up <laughs> i was like i don't think he, he picks does up that his little, his little brother. brother um no he picks up omega yeah. and puts her on his hip and i feel like that's just such a that's like such older yes you know mentality and obviously he's bigger than her but like i like that there's kind of a lot of facets to their relationship in the background mm-hmm. too where she is equal with him but he is also there to like protect her and kind oh, of like sure. baby her yeah, yeah um and i just think that's really sweet it is yeah. uh there's a lot of good like little background animations in this yeah episode a lot with a little i say background animation it's not really in the background <laughs> well but it's episode, not but <laughs> like there's a lot going on they don't relegate it to like they're having a conversation. It's just the two of them. And then yeah. the rest are just standing behind them. A posing in posing. the background, <laughs> staring into the middle distance. Yeah, they're doing things. They're yeah. acting like to normal be people. Fair, also, like as we talked about in that first scene when they're walking into Sid's bar, these actions are happening on top of their dialogue, yeah. which is like such a great way to do that. I know that sounds really dumb because like that's how people do things. But nope. like we've seen examples where it's not happening and it feels so inorganic. Yeah. Like, I mean, specifically that one scene in Dragon Age 
Mage Inquisition where you're playing Wicked Grace and people are like laughing at a joke your character says and for some reason instead of having multiple people in a shot like laughing at the same time they like cut to each character and it's like a start and a stop it's like they're it waiting for their so turn bad. to laugh and you're like cueing them like you go laugh yeah. now um but like it, it makes sense or it's like you know when you're writing fiction right mm. and like your dialogue tag just goes he he said she said etc yeah um they said instead of like including an action that happens like it feels very stiff until you start overlapping those things because that's how humans work exactly um oh my god we haven't even talked about themes yet yeah no i'm sorry <laughs> i just i wanted to add that because i realized like in the middle of the episode i was like oh i wanted to mention something yeah yeah, about yeah. That. it's okay we can jump around we're having a conversation we're having a good time don't stop having me now. a good time <laughs> um let's talk about themes uh i've only written notes for uh good versus evil i think I that's a fair call I, do you have anything for our first theme which is hope nope no okay i'll just jump into this uh yeah since the last episode uh, and its heavy focus on the Badge and Omega, we, we've gotten this shift in the latter half of the season with a focus more on this growing fight against the Empire. Uh, we'll see it in the next two episodes that that gets bigger. Um, but I, I like this shift. It's like as soon as these inhibitor chips have come out and uh, they have grown a little more grounded in who they are and who they're becoming, um, that's when it starts to shift to okay, there's a bigger fight going on. What are we going to do now? Um, and that happens in these the drawings of these lines between it's no longer Republic and Separatists. This is us versus the Empire. Um, yeah, like we've said before, there's also a huge lack of Jedi in this show, which I think we count as a good thing. Chef's kiss to me right now. <laughs> Not that we don't like Jedi, They're but... They're great. We love them. Fun and funky guys. But they've been such a focus that, like, it's almost like their fight in dark side versus light side has become so... Uh, trite. Trite <laughs> is a really good word. Uh, it, it's become a little unrelatable, right? They're the special snowflakes of this world. <laughs> like <laughs> they are like they've they're cool but like we don't have a, as viewers i don't think we have quite as good a connection with them as just like the normal people right it's more of like a we're looking up at superheroes thing exactly we are understanding ourselves in them it's a superman versus batman not in the, not in the them fighting each other sense but like <laughs> but like a their best buds we're though. meant to look up at superman i don't think we're meant to look across we're the table at superman down at batman though <laughs> no 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 but like we can i, I mean uh, batman's a ridiculous person but like he's someone that we could look across the yeah, table correct. At. he is a human in in so much right of sense. Yeah. he's a billionaire but whatever um no i mean they both have <laughs> if we're getting into that conversation which we shouldn't they both have things that make them human like yes. clark is an incredibly human person despite the fact that he's, he's a not fucking a human, alien yeah. and bruce is weirdly inhuman <laughs> for how human he is yeah they have purposes but i do take your point um yes, yes but no like he's a relatable person he wants to do a uh, good you know yeah, so we can we can look at the batch this way. I mean, even though I mean we talked about this before, like obviously none of us are uh, soldiers, especially designed to uh, <laughs> become a black we ops aren't team. Clones. Yeah, we're not clones. Um, but like they're 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 dealing with like severely human uh, struggles. Yeah, they're yeah. dealing with existential crises. They're dealing with a, a changing world and how they fit into that. Um, and we start to see this like true good versus evil come to life in the Empire. Uh, tightening its grip across the galaxy. And I, I like that we get this really intimate view of that in the beginning of this episode with this senator and, and what that means. Um, basically, what I'm saying is we're seeing the bad get a little bit bigger. And so we're seeing a challenge to our good guys. Yeah. 
uh, in how they're going to stand up for that. Yeah. They, they're again, they're kind of more cemented in who they are now. Okay. How are we going? How are they going to do that now? How are they going to get involved? Yeah. And I like, I mean, folding that into sort of power of choice also, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I like that (laughs) instead of, um, specifically i guess with echo and even hunter at the beginning of this but like we get to see it with hunter and then echo gets to learn right instead of doubling down on these things and like i i don't know i guess just the understanding of of looking across at the batch it's a really human struggle to uh see the world changing and then having to choose whether or not you're going to tighten your grip on what you know in the past or decide to erase previous you know mm-hmm. notions of what you understand and move on and like understand that you know especially when it comes to realizing that not everyone is a, a villain that sometimes these lines are painted uselessly right mm-hmm. uh, I do really like that that does seem to be like yet another like super humanizing relevant thing to talk about is yeah. like having to change with the world and choosing to do that instead yeah. of like you know like i think there's sort of nobility in that choice yeah i i do think that um echo's specific characterization in this episode as well um calls great attention to that because i think the rest of the batch is very much like i don't know it's just kind of like a new thing we're doing like we didn't like the separatists but we weren't so black and white and not like they're kind of just having to change their perspective a little bit echo is having to challenge these beliefs that he's held so deeply for so long yeah um and he does that and that's a really hard thing to do yeah, he is, again, I really like his characterization <laughs> in this episode. I like seeing him. I I hope that we get, I mean, we're going to get fucking more in the next season. But, like, <laughs> I do really want, like, we've talked about this, like, quieter moments. Yes. I do like that we get to see them kind of being um, up in arms about stuff a lot. Yeah. Uh, and even individually certain subjects. But I want I want quieter moments because, like, I don't know. It's, I, su- it's such a treat to be able to see them interacting with the world in this way. I think we'll get them because this season, I think, is obviously, it's, I mean, it's the first. So they need to set up set up and establish them um, as the, the unit that they are. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, the other note I had mm-hmm. was I kind of forgot about the inhibitor chip plot line. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm tired this morning. Okay. But it is really interesting seeing this episode and i guess i can fold this into a a note i had later um about the choice of this episode being what what it is Mm -hmm. um it's interesting to come off like huge plot points about inhibitor chips and then immediately give people a choice specifically like echo the reg a choice right like it's interesting i don't know it's just nice to see a really soft like comparison or like kind of fallout of of that and like no longer being even under the the shadow of the inhibitor chips of like it immediately becomes um a situation that harkens back to like their previous experiences where they do really have to like put aside their past selves and move on yeah and like it's just a nice representation also Again, I think our other point about this episode is that it very much is a calm before the storm, yeah, it sure is. If we want to transition uh, yeah. to that. Yes. <laughs> what are your extra thoughts? What is your design corner? Tell us. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I'm also just trying to think of like what the next... I got what the next episode is. I remember. Um, so design corner. Um, some notes about this one. I really like the environment of Raxus. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I talk about environment design a lot, but I do really like it. I mean, it's um, a huge part of what makes this show really feel really special. Yeah. I think it's also like so much part of the Clone Wars DNA too, obviously, yeah. because like we went to so many places they had to look different. But mm-hmm. I think 
uh, doing it on a smaller scale here works really well. Um, and they're doing it in a way that feels so, I mean, literally here organic, which is, I don't know, it's just nice to see. Um, I feel like I don't see a lot of things <laughs> do this so well, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so specifically, I really like that it's very, um, this planet in this city that we go to, Raxus, uh, is very like green. Like it has a lot of just like your traditional trees and grass and bushes. Yeah, it like, doesn't have <laughs> any funky colored, like weird alien like, plants. I think the bushes are like kind of pink and yeah. the trees are a little bit more like orange, but it does feel very like natural. Mm -hmm um it feels very earthly it does it does and it the trees even kind of look almost a little bit like redwoods in that they're yeah. like very tall and yeah. and sort of narrow um but i don't know i just really like the variety that it brings i also feel like it helps this episode feel obviously really different from the previous ones draw in braca or in a sort of just derelict sort of derelict things in the last couple of episodes yeah. i i it feels also it makes this place look and feel a little bit more um utopian in a way there's a wide shot at the beginning where literally like the buildings kind of sparkle a little bit like i feel like i love the architecture too that we yeah, get to see for just a few seconds it's really interesting it it brings a new side to this like even before we find out that this is like a previously separatist planet and like the empire is taking over and all these like political things we do just to get to see like beautiful vistas mm -hmm. and i feel like it makes it feel a little bit more ideal and almost like endears us to the idea of what's going on here instead of it being like oh it's separatist like super dark and gloomy like i don't know it almost like makes it feel like this is a world worth saving sort of a situation instead of it just being sort of a typical i don't know it's not so black and white anymore exactly yeah. um we're representing that visually um whereas where we do get the very black and white uh lighting and and stuff is in the first episode yeah. between when we're trying to uh put 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 a wedge between crosshair and, yeah. and the rest and of like that. anytime we see camino again right it's yeah. so sterile yeah. and again i think i mentioned this i've mentioned this in previous episodes but i love consistently seeing like colorful beautiful planets because it does represent to the batch a whole new world literally right like it's so different from what they know and what you know the war kind of was uh i, I like that we get to continue to like i don't know they get to continue to see new things yeah. um, and the beauty of it. Also, <laughs> like really specific note, there's like ivy growing on the trees. And like, I really like that because <laughs> like you could put just like a tree in a place and like it's just a tree. But like when you start adding like overgrowth to things, it starts like becoming older. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it becomes more layered. Um, and not to shit on Mass Effect, but I'm going to shit on Mass Effect really quick. But we've been playing Mass Effect, <laughs> just the first, first one. Mass Effect. Yeah. The remastered version, which looks better than the original version. But like, God, the planets you go to. I'm so sorry, people who worked on Mass Effect, because I'm about to be a little mean. <laughs> it's so boring, keep though. In, okay, keep in mind this game came out in what? Like 2007, maybe? The, the yeah i get it look i get it <laughs> but it's not even like there's anything interesting in these sort of you pretty much when you go to mass effect you will go to like random other planets to just like drive around in a dumb car i'm well, sorry a lot of the, yeah a lot of those side uh quests just kind of like uh this is useless information <laughs> just put you out onto this planet or you have to go wander around yeah it's just like they're either gonna be like rocky lava or like snowy and like yeah. they're completely devoid of anything it feels like the opposite of life and like it it's so nice to see like here in bad batch n not only are these planets like interesting from uh, a wide shot with architecture they're interesting from uh, a close-up right we get to yeah. see you know textures and colors on on plants and stuff and overgrowth and all of these things uh even ivy growing on 
um, buildings and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a way to make things feel lived in yes. and like, I don't know, make things feel organic. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mass Effect. I know you came out too in 2007. <laughs> it's for the most part been kind of fun. We're on our Mass Effect <sighs> journey. So we'll uh, but it's, yeah, see how two does. It's just, it's such a treat to be able to feel like you are in a place. Yeah. Um, I No, think- it's all these little details that you don't think about uh, and they end up truly making it feel so like the realism really just like yeah, it, it yeah. ups the realism I yeah fully i i don't remember what episode i mentioned this in but it is kind of all of these visual decisions really make you feel like you're in sort of a dimensional world mm-hmm. and like i like that thought a lot and i like applying that also to even just like visual design here like in the environments because it does like i don't know just like it makes it feel not like i'm looking at a 3d rendered object right i don't know if you're gonna bring this up but when they're um in the walker and they're trying to repair it and like you see so much like smoke and yeah there's a lot of effects in this episode yeah that make it really feel like oh okay this is a broken down thing like it's not just like you're not just using uh like sparks flying as like a as a communication that this is a broken yeah. thing yeah um, and even when the walker stands back up, exactly. we were talking about this yesterday there's like either oil or like dirt and debris like falling in between the joints back to the yeah. ground what i really like too is like i don't remember where it is but at some point there's like a walker that has like the side of it blown open and part of it is on fire and like there's like embers falling down and yeah. you can see like the trail of fire from the embers like it's just really it feels so consistent and again in a show we talked about this in the first episode but like in a show that is supposed to have i think more gravity on serious topics especially here right we're completely complex understanding of the difference between you know one war and another and choosing sides and getting rid of boundaries and like all of these very like complicated ideas and i i don't know ideology right mm-hmm. like i like that we get to have what feels like a consistent visual to go along with that it feels lifelike it feels serious so lifelike it, it's very good um yeah i i also really shout out to the pretty clouds in this episode <laughs> um they're not sherbert colored like the last episode but they're lovely i realized when we were talking about the last episode i don't fucking remember how i really want to look up how they're actually doing these especially things like clouds because they do look they do look really, really painted, and I'm wondering if they're rendered a certain way or if they're actually digitally painted and then kind of put in there. Um, but they have transparency to them when they're flying past them, which I really, really like. Like, they are wispy like clouds. Yeah. Um, and it's just so fucking cool. I love it. I love looking at clouds. Um, I, you, just the way that this is uh, done, like, even if even if the clouds aren't these, like, insane colors, they're still absolutely so gorgeous yeah. yeah it's like it's a blue sky with white clouds and it still looks fucking insane and like i love it yeah um high five to all the designers and the color designers <laughs> i love you um uh <laughs> i wanted to point out specifically to when they're in the marauder and um echo is putting up a little bit of a fight he's being grumpy he's being very grumpy hey we talked about his animation already i think it's really great he like literally is crossing his arms and pouting and rolling his eyes um but the lighting here is interesting um because tech and him are in the front seats right uh and they both have this lighting on their faces that's a little um patchy i guess because it's like coming through the front windshield which is like two windows mm-hmm. uh but what's really interesting about echo is that it's splitting his face in half like perfectly down the center 50 50 um and that's like feels very intentional uh i like that he seems to be in this episode um becoming very i mean he is showing kind of how black and white he is in this uh 
you know, and his ideology, as we talked about. I like that we're showing that visually. I also kind of like that he, um, when he moves, it obviously moves across his face, so it's more light or more dark. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that's like a representation of him changing, I guess, or like kind of floating back and forth between these two ideas of like morality and also what he used to think was morality. Um, I just think that's really cool. I feel like I talked. Nope. <laughs> I feel like in art school, uh, we talked about this concept of like splitting people with lighting and like kind of how that's a very intentional move. Um, yeah. And then, sorry, just, uh, yes, <laughs> I don't, we, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this before, but what that makes me think of like one of my favorite, uh, uh, like pieces of religious art is and it's we've definitely talked about it's this christ pantocrator uh where the lighting on each side of christ's face is like slightly different one is brighter and one is darker but you and like uh, he, it makes him look insane <laughs> yeah I, and again i've mentioned uh, i i had seen this piece of art yeah. before because art school and stuff yeah. and like i never knew that 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 it was intentionally different yeah no different it sides. totally is it's like the the love and the wrath uh it's probably more uh, in depth about that that i don't remember from theology classes but uh no it's one of my favorite pieces just because you get there's such a depth to it uh this concept of like these two sides like two sides of a person yeah whatever the theme or the the setting of it may be it's it's always a really interesting fun way to paint something yeah and it is i literally put here i'm like is it perfect purposeful i'm like yes it is of course it is <laughs> of course like it literally is. everything is purposeful everything has an intention and i love again as we've talked about like looking for those things and then of course reading into it because yeah. a it's fun and b it was put there for a reason yeah. like someone thought that was a really clever way to illustrate like the plot of this episode and it is uh it, it's really um telling and i love again i love using visuals to like strengthen your story it is a holistic experience um and i love seeing you know the supports um i also wanted to shout out this is a world building note we already talked about pantora and how um that's different than how we're you know seeing people here mm -hmm. on raxis react to the empire um but i wanted to talk about how uh, on the conversation of the Empire is just getting rid of shit mm -hmm. from the Republic, it's interesting to see that they're still using their tanks. Yeah. Um, All of this heavy machinery, like, uh, and, and uh, like, the Star Destroyers are the old Republic cruisers. Yeah, but I they've believe. gotten rid of those. Some of them. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, you see them in, like, the um, like the original trilogy when the Empire is yeah, fully, yeah, yeah, like, that's fair. they look exactly, almost exactly the same. So yeah. either they have manufactured a similar looking ship or they just scrapped some of them yeah. and kept others it is interesting though that like things that take military yes that's the yeah. situations are kept yeah. because they're like obviously putting all of their i almost said monkeys in that barrel <laughs> i almost said all their fingers in that pie what is no. that <laughs> eggs in that basket yeah that's the one i was looking for thank you okay idioms are useful i mean useless so. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say useless and i was confused why you said useful no idioms are crazy um they are crazy but i enjoy them anyways they're putting all their eggs in the military basket as we know <laughs> um we know from you're putting all their bullets in that bandolier <laughs> <laughs> there you go um but yeah it's interesting to see like where we've seen them scrap separatist droids like completely you know get rid of all of that erase that right like they're not going to waste any money though on perfectly good like war machines right yeah. they're like we want these we need these like what another like show of their cards in the background yeah i think it also goes to to show further that um 
the separatists were sort of like the rebels in this yeah. war between the republic and the separatists um so if they were to retain those it would be more of a, a symbol of um what was uh and and further emphasize that okay the republic now the empire is taking over yeah uh, and so. again it's really wild to think about it from the perspective of um the citizens here on raxus mm-hmm. right we're like i'm sure they understand what republic tanks look like and yeah. like maybe have even seen them in action like to be in this uh i don't know courtyard and to be hearing these speeches from like the empire and seeing like essentially i mean you know the people who are fighting a war against you uh represented in like these people i would have been insane it mm-hmm. is insane um but it's really cool to see, right? I love I love the different perspectives we're getting in this show. Should we uh, recap? See where we're we're headed next. Yeah, what's funny is like <laughs> where we are headed next is I mean it's interesting. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it's relevant. It's it's different than this episode. Uh, it is different than episode than this episode. Uh, yeah, like you said, this is going to be kind of the calm before the storm. Um, we've seen the batch be challenged on a lot of levels, existential, ideological. Um, they're kind of they're. I mean, I, they're a lot more uh, solid in what they believe and what they uh, who they think that they are. Um, so we're going to see that being um, not challenged, but um, we're going to see that yeah, them have an opportunity yeah. to put that into action. Yeah in the um, next couple episodes it's interesting that like uh, uh looking at the amount of episodes we have left right we had obviously this one which we've already watched there's a set of two mm-hmm. there's a single and then we get into sort of a three-part yeah to the finale um the pair that's coming up feels a little bit more heated than mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this one which again i think is why this episode is serving a purpose that it is an important step right for the batch and these characters we needed them to do this but like it is kind of a calm before another little storm there's been a shift and things are going to become a lot more serious yeah like i i like that essentially because of what happened in the last couple of episodes like things aren't going to be the same again like mm-hmm. you know lines were very much drawn and like we're going to get into you know especially between the batch and what's going on the empire and crosshair and the kaminoans and all of this yeah. insane it's, shit it like, is heating up it's it is really heating up the <laughs> the back half of this season is fun and interesting and it is i don't know i enjoy this show it's it's been fun to watch it again yeah All right, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so join us next time for another two-part episode. We'll be covering episodes 11, Devil's Deal, and episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also Instagram and Twitter at The Batch Pod. So if you like story and you like Star Wars, then tune in for the next episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. Bye. Bye!